Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show with you every Sunday morning, faithfully at 7 a.m. Be with you for one hour and we thank you for joining us. And uh, you're just getting up and uh, uh, clear those eyes out. Uh, grab a Bible if you're at home. Get a cup of coffee and tea and join us. We're in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and we're looking at highlights. And God is giving highlights in the persons of various people in the book of Genesis. Uh, Abraham, the father of the nation Israel, his beloved son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob, and and the 12 boys of Jacob. And he's taking a look here at uh, Jacob's 11th son named Joseph. And Joseph is a picture. And here's what God does. Uh, God's Bible is to bring you to the truth of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The only begotten son of God, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And he is the savior of all the world. And what God does is he'll take a people in the Old Testament that are faithful men and give a character portrait and it will show some of the portraits of Jesus Christ, some of the characteristics of Jesus Christ. And Joseph is one of those men. Joseph is a man in the Old Testament that is a faithful man. What's a faithful man? A faithful man is one who reads God's word and prays. That makes someone a friend of God. If you had friends in life, you probably like to read their letters when they write correspondence to you. You believe what they put in their letters and you like to talk with them. And that's how you become a friend of God. And Joseph is a friend of God. And he has a lot of characteristics in not only his personality, but the circumstances of his life that are similar to what happened to God's son, Jesus, when he was here in Israel 2,000 years ago. But Joseph is 18, 1900 years before Jesus. Long before. Interesting mm -hmm. portraits. Yeah. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking, going to try and look at three chapters today, Genesis 39, 40, and 41. And uh, we'll see some of the characteristics and the things that happened to Joseph that are similar as to what happened to God's son, Jesus. And again, this is the What is Truth radio show. We are sponsored by a little church. They're called Grace and Truth Church. They have a website. You can go to it. Uh, just spell out a real long word, Grace and Truth Church. And you got to put church there or you'll get a different website, graceandtruthchurch.org. Uh, hit the sermons tab, hit the YouTube tab. You can watch the What is Truth program and you can see some of the teachings there. And so join us. Our panel this morning is yours truly, Dr. Michael Caesar and Mark Sassy, our street preacher and a good friend of ours, Teresa DiPietro, who loves the Lord and ministers to him, just like some of the ladies did back in the time when Jesus was here. And so, Brother Mark, I know you got some good notes, so let's uh, share with the audience. Amen. I, I ran into a new Christian friend today. Amen. A guy named Wayne, and uh, he boldly asked me, he says, are, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, sir, I am. <laughs> and uh, he says, you know what Christians need to be doing today? They need to be reading. 
good. I said, thank you. Thank you. That's good. I don't hear that too often from yes, people. Yes, yes. And give attendance to reading. Yeah. Paul said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't really hear that from Christians a whole lot, but I was glad to hear it today. Amen. And, and I said, you know, it's getting pretty close to Resurrection Sunday. It's getting Amen. close to Easter. And it's an excellent time to be reading and spending some time with the Lord. Sure. And uh, on a quick note, he said to me, he said that it's his habit, his practice, uh, every evening, him and his wife get together and they'll listen to a new preacher. Okay. Online. Okay. And he's probably in his 70s and he uses the internet. So he gets online and he says, and we'll listen to some new preacher and compare it to the Bible. Good. And he says, sometimes we say, nope, I don't think so. And other times, yep, that's good, brother. Amen. And so he's like what they said back in the book of Acts, one of the Bereans. Mm -hmm. They would search the scriptures to see whether the preacher up front was saying things mm -hmm. that were in the Bible. Amen. Amen. And so here we are getting close to Resurrection Sunday. And, you know, it makes everybody reflect on themselves and, and the Lord and, and think about those things. And here we have this story about Joseph, who is a strong type, the probably the strongest type of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in chapter 39, let's get into the story a little bit. And I'll, instead of going really fast, I'll just go into it, and then you can comment, both of you, sure. as, as sure. we go. Sure. So this is Genesis chapter 39. If you've got uh, maybe a cup of tea or coffee and got your Bible, Genesis chapter 39. Now, the story of Joseph starts in chapter 37. We did yep. that last week. And 38 takes a pause and covers something about Judah and Tamar. And we're going to jump to 39. Here it is. The Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. He was sold into slavery is what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, he was, these Ishmaelites were traders in the Middle East back then, and they would traffic in all types of merchandise, including people sometimes. Right. So he had been kidnapped, and, and okay, here he is. And you remember, Joseph was the favored son of his father's house. Yes. And he went from being a favored son to being cast into a pit by his own brothers. Yeah. They had no, no, you know, whatever, no, no motive, no no reason Mm -hmm. for him. So he goes from his father's house in a favored position to the pit. And then he gets sold into slavery and now he's being brought down to Egypt. Right. Okay. So, so so real quick, I just want to step aside real quick. It was Joseph was brought down to Egypt. He didn't go down to Egypt. And like many other stories in the Bible, if you look at like the good Samaritan, a certain man went down on his own, on his own will. This is, this is life circumstances, bringing him down instead of him bringing himself down. Yes. Yes. Carry on. Good point. And and interestingly in verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph. Amen. So Mm -hmm. all these hardships and, and, uh, the hard grace. things that he was going through, the Lord was with him. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that repeated through the chapter. One of the teachings of the Bible, both Old and New Testament, is that the Lord watches out for his children. Yeah. And his children were always children by adoption. He adopted the nation Israel in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He adopts some men and women today through the new birth in Jesus Christ. And you're one of his children. And the Lord never leaves his children. He's always faithful. Yes. And even if we're not, he's always always there. (laughs) And so the Bible says, verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. We might want to stop there for a minute because there's some practical things in here. Mm -hmm. All right. And now we we know that Joseph is a a man of prayer 
and let's say the listening to the word of God and hearkening and thinking on the word of God and in his life, trying to incorporate it in the way he lives. Yes. And the master, this is an Egyptian guy. It's a, from another country, strange culture, yeah. different, definitely didn't know the Lord. Egypt is often a picture of a, a, a nation of people that do not know God. And yet this master could see there's something different about Joseph, right? The way he carries himself, the way he speaks, the way he behaves himself. And he's successful and prosperous because the Lord teaches his children to live a life of integrity. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's a, he's a brand new slave from a different country. He's not even an Egyptian. Yeah. He's a Hebrew. Yeah. And like, and he's being shown favor right away, like right quickly away. in the household. Yes. And verse four, and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put into his hand. I can trust that guy is what mm. he's saying. Yeah. He, he's watching. Amazing. By the way, you know, at the workplace, you can see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll have a, a, a crew at the workplace, sometimes a motley crew and, and every so often. And, and there are people that uh, they only work when I was at the hospital. You know, if the boss comes around, then all of a sudden they look like they're busy. And when the boss goes around, they're back playing pinochle or something on the on the video game or they're at the water cooler talking and taking time but every so often you'll find someone that was taught by their father their grandfather listen you give eight hours of work for eight hours of pay and you work hard whether the boss is looking or not right and and they find out about it and that's integrity and he's seeing this compared to all the other people he's got around his household I can trust this guy. Amen. Amen. I can make him overseer. Integrity and trust. Yeah. And first and he served. He served first. Yes. Yeah. You know, in whatever Amen. task he had to do. And then he was given more responsibility after he served. He was faithful to those Amen. tasks. Amen. To those little things. And then all yes. of a sudden he's got everything. He's overseeing everything. Yeah. Jesus said, I mean, he that is faithful and little will be faithful and much. And, Amen. Yeah. yeah. And, and verse five, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Mm-hmm. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Amen. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. I, I can trust this guy with the books. Yeah. I can trust him with my checkbook. All things. I can even sign some checks, blank checks, and I know... He's going to use them for what's important to my household. He's not going to take advantage of it. Amen. And, you know, if you live in a godly manner and take the time to read his book so you know what steps sure. to follow, and if you're walking in that path, right, then you you too can be a godly person, a goodly person, sure, and well-favored. And, and I mean, the things that we're taught uh, as the servants of God, the commandments of God, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. We, we had a... Uh, a maid that worked for us come in, you know, once a week to help out a cleaning lady to do stuff for my wife. And, um, she's a Christian. Amen. And you, you can trust her. I can, I have a drawer that has some change in it and some dollars. Doesn't leave touch leave it. money no on the nightstand, on the dresser. Worry, my wife can yeah. leave the purse. You don't have to worry Nothing's about it. Nothing's going to be missing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what God teaches his children how mm-hmm. to behave. 
be a nice world like that with the more children <laughs> yeah. of God. Yes. Someday yeah. it's coming. <laughs> if, if we could only just trust everyone. Well, yeah. and again, Potiphar, he's the, he's obviously a good, ju- good judge in character right. and he trusted Joseph. He's not even trusting his own wife to the household. He's trusting <laughs> Joseph yeah. to his household. That's true. He yeah. put him over the house. Over, yeah. yeah, he yeah. did. And then this is where the story changes because in verse seven, there's a new paragraph And the rest of the story is kind of about Potiphar's wife and Joseph. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. Oh, but he refused. Because he was goodly and well favored. He was a good looking young man. Yeah. Ah, but but he refused. He refused. He refused. Refuse. It's like garbage. He yeah. refused. And he said unto his master's wife. Now here he's trying to reason with her. He said unto her, he said, behold, my master wadeth not what is with me in the house. Yeah. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. And I have to mention John 5.22. I have written in my Bible right there that in the New Testament, speaking of Jesus, yes. that God hath committed all judgment unto the Son. It's such a such a close match to these words right here about Joseph. Sure, I remember that one. I think it was Bullinger in uh, the eighteen hundreds was doing a study with Joseph and Jesus and found like a hundred points where they're kind of similar. Amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen. only from God. Amen. Mm-hmm. This wasn't written by Mark Twain or no. Shakespeare. This is God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So verse nine: There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee meaning the wife, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Question mark. Interesting. So I'm looking at the way it's written there. He says, uh, thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? Meaning uh, hug you, kiss you, do anything physically with you. First, it'd be wrong to do it against uh, my master, he said, he, he's my master right now. I'm the servant in the house that would be betraying him, comma. And not only that, would it be against him? It would be a sin against God. He's right. looking at it two prongs there. Amen. But and, in today's day and age, and even back then, when you were in a position like that, you would think because there's none greater in this house, I should be able to do whatever I want. But he controlled himself and didn't yeah. do whatever he wanted to. Sure. Right. But I mean, I'm sorry. That's good. People these days, they just do whatever they want because they are in a higher position. Right. They take And they and don't they even abuse. follow those moral yeah. well, they've, standards. They've forgotten God. They've forgotten God. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't. The generations the that we're in now are so removed from God's ways in so yeah. many different aspects. It's, yeah. Usually position makes you think, oh, I can do I can whatever get away, I want. Do anything I can I get want. away I'm, I'm above the law. I'm above that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. Joseph, again, another one of those types, not only this, it would be wrong against my master and you, but it would be a sin against, against God. God. And Jesus said, I always do those things that please my father. And here's Amen. Joseph thinking, I don't want to displease mm-hmm. my Amen. heavenly father. He's mm-hmm. always trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And verse 10, and it but, came, to- but you know, that's for the right reason. You know, that movie that uh, somebody made a movie about 15 years ago, 20 years ago called Time Changer. Yeah, It's a very interesting uh, movie movie about uh, morals. Back in the late 1800s, some men that lived in the 1890s and they developed a time machine and they went forward to the year 2000 Mm -hmm. and they were trying to say, you know, we need to keep a moral country. And one of them was an author and he's trying to write a book. Uh, for his time, 1890, to teach the kids how to be moral and how to be ethical. Mm -hmm. And one of the men was saying, but if you don't include God 
and Jesus in that book, there's no reason for them to be moral or ethical. And when he got to 2000, he saw it was happening. He said, my goodness, you're right. Mm-hmm. The, the reason is for God's sake, mm-hmm. because that's, God, yeah. That's the motive. That's the yeah, proper motive. The yeah. proper motive. You have yeah. to have this proper motive that you want to do right before God. Right. You know, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. People yes. seem mm-hmm. to forget about that, but that's true. It's <laughs> a great verse, yeah. Proverbs 15, 3. That yeah. should be up uh, uh, in the entryway of every school as the kids are walking in. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And well, that's the thing, you know, you could, you know, back then in that Time Changer movie, he was just surprised that Christians were going to see movies where they blaspheme the Lord's name right. and they say whatever they want. And do you remember the movie with the tw- set of twins? It was, it was back in um, maybe the seventies or eighties or something. Then they redid it with Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah. Do you remember Freedom it? Parent trap. No, the parent that trap. Okay. 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 I noticed right Billy away. Mills, we watched, yeah. we watched yeah. the old one and yeah. then we watched the new one. And in the old one, they had the phrase, oh my gosh. And in the new one, it was, oh my God. Yeah, not so wholesome anymore. No, and it's just, you know, and that stuff bothers a Christian that loves the Lord, you know? And I remember being a preschool teacher correcting the little ones that came in saying that. I'm like, no, you don't. I would give them something else to say and they, and it corrected us. Oh my goodness. By the end of the year, they were great. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Anything. You just have to teach them the right way. Yeah. Or I would say, are you praying? Because you just said, oh my God, because I'll stop and pray with you if you want, (laughs) you know, (laughs) go ahead. Well, you got to teach them the right way and give them the right motive to want to please God. So, so the end of verse nine is really key. That little tiny portion after the comma and sin against God. I do not want to sin against God. Amen. We're all going to, we're all going to meet him someday. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And verse 10, and it came to pass It came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. So she's pressing on him. She's like not paying. He tried to reason with her and and that's not going to work. And and that's a common problem. Um, She, I don't know how old Potiphar was. Hmm. Maybe he was an older man, 50. And here comes a young 20-something-year-old guy, and there's a difference between a 22-year-old body and a (laughs) 50-year-old body. (laughs) And and she might have been a younger wife, Mm -hmm. which I wouldn't doubt. He was a very wealthy man, Potiphar, and he probably picked some young girl in in Egypt, a a beautiful girl. And she has a desire and a lust, and lust and desire often uh, trumps or gets on top of reason. The reasoning mm-hmm. doesn't work anymore. But you see with Joseph, yeah. even though he's young and he's by himself, yes. mm-hmm. and he's in a strange land, he's away from his family, yeah. he's on his own, yes. and yet he's faithful to do right. the right thing. And, you know, and it's, and he, he is faithful and he's strong in his convictions and he purposes in his heart not to do those things. Yes. Um, so, but the Lord has the power over the flesh. You know, and the Lord was with him. So you, the Lord you, you is the know, one that helps him through it physically, yeah, yeah. you know, the temptations. Sure. I mean, you get down to the practicalities. He's in a strange country. Yeah. He has no girlfriend. <laughs> right. Here's somebody willing to throw themselves at him. What the heck was going to know? And she was probably you know, stunning and probably beautiful. probably was a good looking girl like Cleopatra. <laughs> right. Yeah, And he is still fighting against Faithful. it because yeah. the Lord was with him and, and the Lord will help us get over those yeah. things, amen. And, and you know, this brings up the the whole subject too of you don't want to allow a situation to be where a man and a woman are alone when they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. yeah. right? 
if you see it coming, make sure you don't get yourself into that situation because as the story goes on, it just gets worse. So here we are in verse 11. Yeah, but, but he, he, there's nothing he can do about it in this he's case. Doing, he's doing he about the He doesn't have liberty can. as a servant. He's, the, the master says, look, I expect you every day to go in here and, and clean my room right. and do this, and, it, and that's what you're expected to do. What? You didn't do this? Uh, I've right. got to be obedient, and I'm walking in, and she's dismissed the rest of the servants and she's all alone there. Right. He's in a tough spot. He's yeah. in a pickle. So as best as he can, <laughs> or same for us, as best as possible, yeah. don't give any appearance of evil. You know, don't let that don't let that fall. Yeah, into we place. have freedoms that he doesn't have. Sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. verse eleven, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men in the of the house there within. Yeah. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. He just ran. Just ran. (laughs) Just got Mm -hmm. the heck out of there. And it came to pass when she saw that she had his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came unto, unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. Wait, so wait, now wait. he's being falsely accused. Women don't lie. Oh, she's <laughs> lying the whole way. <laughs> Teresa, can right. you help us? They don't die. Oh, no, I've never lied before. <laughs> oh, she's just, she's terrible. Men lie. Men are liars. Women yeah, but don't not lie. women. Uh, I mean, the come Betty on. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're we all liars. We won't talk about Jezebel or anything like that. Or. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. And first she, first she's trying to tempt him all the time. Now she lies about him, you know. And, and, and verse uh, 17 or 16, she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words. So she's speaking to her husband now saying, the Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. Yeah, you know what that means. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did the servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. Mm -hmm. And he was there in the prison. I'm just going to pause there for a second. Think about this. Jesus Christ was falsely accused by false witnesses. And here you have Joseph being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, Mm -hmm. right? Treated Mm -hmm. badly. Mm -hmm. And then they throw him into prison and he's bound. And you see the same thing with Jesus Christ where they had him bound after they took him at the Garden of Gethsemane, right? All Mm -hmm. these connections. Yeah, and I, not from my own thoughts here, but a teaching I heard, but it's the second time that Joseph's coat was misused (laughs) as a lie. So first the multicolored coat. The multicolored coat, yes. And that was misused because the brothers lied and they didn't Lied and said he was dead, yeah. And then look at his garments being misused again, (laughs) second time. Right. But yeah, the, all these connections and, you know, the garment throughout the scriptures, the garment talks about like your righteousness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
In Romans chapter 3, it talks about that we don't need a garment of our own righteousness, Mm -hmm. but we need to be clothed with a garment of God's righteousness. Amen. Because we're sinners. And the best we can do is we're still sinners. Right. And so our garment is spotted. The Bible talks about that when we sin, that there's dark spots on our soul. And the audience needs to think about this for a second. If there's dark spots on your soul because you're a sinner, which is all of us, all of sin and come short of the glory of God, mm-hmm. the Bible is clear that there's only one thing on in the universe that can wash away those spots off your soul, and that's mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. Putting, and so we're going to see yeah. some hints about that later yeah, in the story. Putting faith in that blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. Yeah. It's a spiritual you. transaction to cleanse the soul. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so finishing the chapter here, verse 21, after after he got thrown into the prison, he was bound. The Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The Lord had seen the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the eyes of the Lord are in every place, Mm -hmm. beholding the evil and the good. He saw the good intentions of Joseph. He saw the good attempts of Joseph. Mm -hmm. He saw the good words of Joseph. And then he saw all the evil done here. And, and the Lord is going to take care of this situation in due time. Amen. But in the meantime, often we find ourselves trapped in, in some circumstances. The work of someone else could be at the workplace right. who's made accusations against us. Like this girl, she made the accusation to her husband. It says, he that cometh first in his cause seemeth just until... The other party, the neighbor comes and tells his story, but Joseph never got to tell his story, mm-hmm. but God knew the whole story Yes, mm-hmm. and God is watching this thing and, and he is showing mercy and giving him favor, knowing you did the right thing, son. And it seems like a mess now, but, but I'm going to work it out in due time. Amen. Amen. And I would have to assume if we have a little bit of time, sure. um, that he had already, Joseph probably had already affected people in a positive way towards God in the home. And now he had to affect the prisoners. So I yeah. feel like, and so he wasn't, he was brought down again because I'm assuming the prison was below. Yes. I, I'm assuming it's dark and dank and oh, below. Oh, yeah. And then he's made put in charge of that. So I, I guess it was the Lord's will to have him put in prison because. Which is interesting because way back when he was 17 years old, the mm-hmm. Lord gave him two dreams mm-hmm. kind of promising him that he was going to be exalted someday. Oh, when he's waiting for that. But, but that's when he's 17. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's going through more than a decade of mm. suffering, sure. whether it's the pit or the being sold into slavery or mm-hmm. being falsely accused and thrown into prison mm-hmm. and forgotten about in prison. There's a lot of years there where he just has to hang on to God's promises, even Hold though on. things are dark. Yeah, yeah. it, it um, reminds <clears throat> us again of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, the suffering servant. Because he's promised in the Bible that one day he will rule, he will be the king of kings, that he'll be given not only the land of Israel, but all the earth. Amen. But when he came, he faced all kinds of opposition. Uh, some of his own brothers didn't believe in him for a while there. I remember one time his mother chased after him to try and straighten him out when he was preaching. Son, what are you making a mess of things around here? And then when he came to his own, many of his own received him not. not. He was, uh, how's it say in Isaiah 53, he was despised often and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And so he was kind of in a uh, 
personality prison. (laughs) You know, for those years she's ministering, people did not want to hear him. The religious people didn't want to hear. The governmental leaders didn't want to hear. Uh, They should have gladly received him, but they didn't. All he did was tell the truth. Yes, He was like Joseph. I'm, I'm reasoning with people of truth. I'm talking about things that stop sin against God that would glorify God. And yeah, yeah. great similarities. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, we're almost out of time for the first half, but the end of this chapter is uh, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph, showed him mercy, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand, all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever (laughs) they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. (laughs) Going back, now this is thousands of years ago, this is the second time we've seen this happen, that a person with responsibility finds someone underneath him that's very responsible and says, you know, you take care of this. I'm going to go golfing today. <laughs> and it's just it's common for people yes. in those positions to kind of pawn off the responsibility. Thank goodness for responsible people. And you know, we're going to be we're going to be responsible, and we're going to have a station break for a little bit. But we'll be back at the second half of the show in a moment. Stick around for what is truth. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of the What is Truth radio program. We are in Genesis 39. We just finished that chapter as a interesting story. Kind of sad if you're identifying with a Joseph the good news in the midst of uh, some of these circumstances going sideways and downward for him mm-hmm. is that the Lord is watching. The Lord is with him. The Lord is giving mercy and um, walking with him through these problems. I guess that's uh, even in our time because Christians yeah. today following in the footsteps of Jesus and uh, Joseph go through some hard times, maybe not so much in America, but we know some of our missionaries on the foreign field and what they go through in China and Malaysia and uh, Cuba Mm -hmm. and places like that where we support them. And just uh, the faithfulness of God, that God will stay with them and show mercy. And so we're just encouraging Christians out there. If you're going through a rough time, remember your Lord, he's watching and he's with you. Amen. I mean, this is not the America of leave it to beaver anymore. No, No. No. You know, (laughs) things have changed. It's not my three sons (laughs) and all that old stuff. America has changed a lot in the last 50 years, and we've seen it in our lifetimes. And with that, you have to remember that God is always faithful. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And so just like Joseph, this example here is for us. Think about this. We're going to find out in, in a couple of chapters that when he gets exalted in Egypt, Joseph begins to reign in Egypt under Pharaoh at yes. 30 years old. Amen. The story starts out where he's 17. He's in darkness kind of from 17 until he's 30. That's 13 years of darkness. And as a Christian in America, you may be dealing with cancer or family troubles or there's all kinds of troubles. Hang on Mm -hmm. and and hang on to that faith in God and keep in his word. That will strengthen. You need that everyday bread. And and these things are written to encourage us, to show us how God does bring his people through at the end. We saw it with Job. We see it with Joseph. 
David was another one that Is was there persecuted. Anyone that God lets down? Never. Never. No. Amen. Amen. Never. Amen. He lifts cover up. to cover. He, he carries you in the, in the yeah. dark times. Amen. Hold Amen. fast. Hang on to that. Footprints hem. in the sand, right? <laughs> Amen. Hang on to the hem and so, of his robe. And the story continues on. And I, I love these old stories in the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Amen. I don't know. I, I've had so many people over the years tell me, well, why aren't you more interested in the New Testament? I do like the New Testament, but I love these stories in the Old Testament. Well, me what, too. what they tend to be are, is beautiful. Uh, personal illustrations mm-hmm. of doctrines in the New Testament. Amen. They're, they're fleshed out beautifully here in the lives of people. Yeah. Amen. And here we are, Genesis chapter 40, and the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And then here the Bible tells you who the king is, verse 2, and Pharaoh. That's, that's who the king the was. king of Egypt, yep. yeah. The Bible explains itself to you. Amen. It's it's got a running dictionary there, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. Same prison, right? And it's interesting when you consider this, uh, as we go through this chapter, consider there's a difference between the butler and the baker. Yes. Okay. And the Bible says that, uh, verse 4, And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. A pause there for one second. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, Well, you know, the Bible's a hard book to interpret. Well, we're going to find out real soon what God thinks about interpreting. Amen. Right? So anyways... Each man, according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. So these dreams were troubling dreams. Yes. They upset them. I had one of those the other night. <laughs> but no, we, you know, we, we have dreams. It's not uncommon to mm-hmm. have dreams. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to try and find out, you know, what does this dream mean? Mm-hmm. And often it's just, I don't know. I think we had cheese and pepperoni the other night with a little extra pepper on it. And that might've caused the dream. I don't know. And and sometime, but you know, the Bible is a book that can help us interpret dreams because dreams are spiritual. God is a spirit. There is a spirit world and he wants us to know spiritual truth. And so the book to turn to is the one we're holding right here, as we'll see. And they, they, I'm sorry, they, what is the verse where it says the multitude of what's going on? The dreams are basically like. From the multitude of business that's in the book of Ecclesiastes. Yes. That is, um, so it's things you're thinking of all day long. Yes. And and uh, and what I'm thinking of all day long is how to reach people for Christ. (laughs) So most of my dreams are somebody specific that I'm trying to reach with the gospel. And I'm preaching the gospel to them. And then some of them are like future events that are going to occur soon. There are sometimes millennial dreams, the thousand year reign and how everything is perfect. And And, and in the old days, I was working in an operating room every day and doing five or six surgeries a day. It was Mm -hmm. not uncommon for me to dream, you know, in the operating room, another patient coming in. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse three, a dream cometh through the multitude of business that which you're Mm -hmm. busy with during the day. Often when your body is resting, your soul will begin to think on it. 
And that's what a dream is. Your soul meditating while your body's resting. Yeah. Well, those are good dreams for Teresa. It's almost like your mind them. is practicing what you ought to be doing. You know, and just, it does. It actually prompts me to reach out to the person that I had the dream about. Amen. <laughs> Very good. I've done it every I, time. I, I have this terrible thing called an alarm clock that goes off too early in the morning. I'm sorry. Wakes you out of I'm trying to get up before that thing goes <laughs> yeah, off. That's what happens to me. But anyways, uh, verse so six. The baker and the butler both have a dream. They each have a dream. And, and they were sad. And they're sad. So they were outwardly sad about it. They were disturbed. Verse seven. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream and there's no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Amen. Tell me them, I pray you. You, you know, I just thinking again, Joseph is observant. Now, maybe his job was maybe to, okay, this morning, bring them their breakfast. So he walks in, he could just set the breakfast down, okay, and close the door and go take care of the next one. But he actually noticed the, the person and their expression yeah. and their countenance downcast, and, yeah. and they were downcast and a little mm-hmm. depressed mm-hmm. and, and he engaged them. And Joseph is a picture of Jesus. Yes. And what he's saying is Jesus observes us mm-hmm. when we're having a rough time and wants us to talk. Go ahead. And has compassion. Hey, I was hey, just going to say just going to say and yeah. shows compassion and Amen. has compassion. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're just selfish and you're worried about your own little problems that sure. you may have. But so he's looking on looking others. around. Looking yeah, not just inward others. all yeah. the time. Exactly. I know people yeah. are oh, exactly. just focused on. Anyway, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I, I love that this is, you know, God does this on purpose. Yeah. This is Genesis 40. Just like in Isaiah 40, it's like a whole new beginning, right? right. This is Genesis 40 in verse 8. 8 is the number of a new beginning. Yep. And where do we find the, the interpretations? Do not interpretations belong to God? Whenever somebody uh, throughout the last few years, you know, if they say to me that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how to handle anything in the Bible because, you know, I don't know how to interpret it. You have to be a pastor in order to interpre- interpret it. And sure. I said, no, God wants you to read. He tells you to read. Yes. He wants you to study. Yes. Right. And, and the interpretations belong unto him. Yes. He will show you through his word. The spirit of truth will guide you Mm -hmm. into the word of truth. Absolutely. And if people need a little further explanation on that, I say, consider this. When you are sitting at a desk or in your chair or wherever, kitchen table, wherever you're sitting and reading the Bible, right? Consider it like the story with Mary and Martha in the New Testament, where Martha was busy with much work, in right? The kitchen doing that. Yeah. Yep. But Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Listening. And when you're sitting at your kitchen table or in your chair or wherever you like to read your Bible, it's as if you're sitting at Jesus' feet. Yeah. And he'll work out the interpretation. He, he said, ask and it shall be given you. Mm-hmm. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. Yeah, many times I'll read and I'll go, I don't, I don't quite understand this, Lord. Yeah. And and I wait for God to give me the interpretation. Amen. Amen. Well, what's beautiful is when you're seeking and you're asking for the Lord, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you're asking things in the Lord's will. Yes. You know, yes. versus when you're a brand new Christian, you know, you're asking <laughs> for your health or whatever. And sure. Like, Lord, where can I, who can I talk to today about your son? <laughs> I want Amen. To, you know, it's just amazing what you ask for it. You're focused on it. You're refined 
to a certain point where you're just focusing on the Lord's will. Yeah. Another you thing know? about the verse you're looking <laughs> at here, and that's practical advice. But watch this because we're talking about Joseph is a type of Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. Listen to what he says in verse eight. Do not interpretations belong to God? Question mark. Tell me them, I pray you. That's like (laughs) Joseph, a type of the deity of Christ. (laughs) I actually had a a Christian today tell me this morning, he said that, you know, he he prays for the Lord to help him because he needs help. And I said, do you remember in the Bible where it says that uh, a a father, if if his child asks for bread, Mm -hmm. is he going to give him a stone? Right. Is he going to give him a serpent? Serpent, right? right? No, he's going to give him good things, just like God gives his children good things. Amen. If you ask God for help, will he not give you help? Absolutely. Yeah, instant in prayer. He's a, a very present help. In, in times, in times of, trouble. of trouble. It is amazing because, you know, for the last few years, I really, I don't really ask for anything for myself ever. Like I don't, I don't focus on myself. I just plow forward. You know what I mean? Just keep moving forward. Well, the last couple months, maybe within the last year, I had some ailments myself. Right. And yeah. I, and I just, you know, blurted something out and I just can't believe how he answered it so quickly. And Amen. it was, I'm like, Lord, I, I know it was just the convenience thing for me it was just like it, it you know it was a health issue but he really answered it because i want to be able to continue his work and when you're stuck in that physical state right how are you to do his work right you sure. know sure. so thank you so lord. you can testify <laughs> that the lord is good he is good amen. all the time amen. he is and so this story that we're here with uh, the chief butler and the chief baker, verse nine, mm-hmm. it says, and the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and he said unto him in my dream, behold, a vine was before me and in the vine were three branches and it was as though it budded and her blossoms shot forth and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and I pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore, that's a big word there, and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house, meaning out of the prison. I want to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Sure. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. So that's the story about the chief butler. Now we get into the baker, verse 16. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Oof. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Hmm. 
That's the end of the chapter, oh. chapter 40. And, and a couple of things there. You've got two different men with two totally, I mean, kind of similar dreams in the yes. sense of three days and three days. Mm-hmm. But the one was a good dream and the yeah. one was a two bad. Entirely different outcomes. Yes. Going, you know, one upward and one downward and <laughs> opposite directions. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, at the beginning of this podcast, at the beginning of this radio cast, we mentioned that, uh, you know, Resurrection Sunday is very soon. Yes. Easter is very soon. Yes. And it's a time to reflect and consider the cross of Christ and Calvary and and what Jesus did for our our sins. And you see two different men here with two different dreams. And think about this for a second. The butler, he brought forth in verse 10, ripe grapes. And in verse 11, he took those grapes and he pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. That's a little bit new wine, new wine, brand new wine. Yeah. Yeah. So the the old Bible, the King James Bible separates between new wine and old wine. Old Old wine wine is fermented hooch. Sure. Right. New wine is what? Grape Grape juice. juice. Fresh, fresh, grape juice, juice. which is really good. Have you ever had it? Yeah, it it (laughs) is good. We were up at a vineyard in Canada and they had fresh grape juice from the grapes. They were, it was fantastic. It Mm. is fantastic. And you know, (laughs) it's super healthy for you. Yes. And I've told people this before. Think about Western New York as a place of blessing in it for a second. Mm-hmm. People, when they think about wine country, they mm-hmm. think of France, yeah. right? They mm-hmm. think of California and some other places. There are more conquered grapes in Silver Creek, New York than anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. And they're very healthy. Yes. Yeah. And the quality of new wine is much better for you than the fermented wine. Cause I hear people say, Oh, a good, a glass of wine is good for you every day. I'm like, no, it's the new wine. And I've actually then, corrected people just recently on drinking. Oh, Jesus drank. I'm like, yeah, he drank new wine. Genesis he drank chapter 40, new this wine. kind of wine. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of wine did he make in John chapter two at the new wedding wine. feast? New <laughs> exactly. wine. Exactly. Yeah, there, there was a, a study done years ago in Michigan State University back in the, I think the seventies or eighties. And they, they did that. They took grape juice mm-hmm. and they tested it and they did blood tests and the platelet counts and all that. And they found that uh, the effect that fresh grape juice has for the health on the blood, in addition to the nutrients, is that um, platelets are the first thing to cause a uh, clot. Mm-hmm. Whenever clotting occurs, the first thing that causes a platelet plug, a little tiny platelet plug, and then the body weaves collagen around it and protein. But without the plug, it has trouble forming. And the vessels in the brain and in the heart are very small. And a little plug there can block a vessel and cause a heart attack or a brain attack, like a a stroke. And they found that uh, grape juice affects the platelets in a positive way, that they're more slippery, they don't clump together, and they flow through there. And they found it was very, very effective. And then somebody said, well, that's fresh grape juice. What if we use wine? And Mm. so then they took... Uh, grape juice, and they added the alcohol, maybe 1%, 2%, 3%. And the effect was still there, but it kept diminishing. The greatest effect was the pure grape juice. You had 1% alcohol, it was maybe 90% as effective as the grape juice. 2% down to 80, it kept dropping and dropping. Mm -hmm. But the wine manufacturers didn't tell you the difference. They just said, see, wine's (laughs) beneficial. See, it's good. And they were right. It is Partially beneficial. Yeah, but, not but as, it's not as, not good. as much yeah. as new no, wine. not, as, not much as, as much as grape juice. And what they didn't yeah. tell you was, of course, you know, we use alcohol to kill germs, and alcohol <laughs> 
can also kill brain cells and do things like that too. So it's got some side effects too, but it does have a partially beneficial effect on your platelets. But the grape juice is the most healthy with no bad side effects. Yeah. Well, I tell people this sometimes, you know, Solomon was the wisest man who ever walked on the earth. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, he's writing song of Solomon chapter two. And in verse five, he's talking about being sick but not really sick. He's lovesick, mm-hmm. right? And he's lovesick. And he, he, he talks about, you remember how that saying goes about an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Solomon knew that. Okay. And here he says in Song of Solomon 2.5, he says, stay me with flagons. Now, flagons are like pitchers of new wine, yes. grape juice. Mm-hmm. He, he, he says, stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. He's lovesick. But he's saying, bring me what you would bring to somebody who's sick. And if if Solomon was sick, he'd say, bring me apples and bring me grape juice. Course, real grape, real juice. grape juice. Amen. Yeah. Very good. And he was wise. Good nutritional <laughs> advice. Anyways, yeah. I wasn't planning on going <laughs> down there. I know. Yeah. I know we but, did. <laughs> but what I really wanted to dig into was the fact that you've got these two different men having mm-hmm. these dreams, yes. right? The butler and the baker. And the butler's dream, he's taking grapes and squeezing them into Pharaoh's cup. And mm-hmm. if you got grape juice on your clothes, yes. it might look a little bit like a blood stain. Yes. Mm. And so this is a type of the blood of Christ. And yes. like I said earlier, it's only the blood of Christ that the scriptures say can take away sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission there is of no sin. There's no remission, in correct. Hebrews, yes. right? And so here you have one guy in the prison who is squeezing that blood and applying the blood, right? And that's what you need to do spiritually. Like you said before, you need to spiritually, by faith, believe that Christ bled and died for our sins, your your own personal sins. Yeah, I'll read read from the doctrinal book in the New Testament, which is telling us the doctrine of salvation. And the Apostle Paul says that um, now in Romans 3.21, we can have the righteousness of God without the law, and it is manifested, it's witnessed by the law and the prophets. It is the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ offered unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference. Everyone needs to be saved. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Mm -hmm. but they're freely justified by his grace through the redemption of, That is in Christ Jesus, a redemption that's to pay for something. And Christ is paying for our sin, whom God set forth to be a propitiation, a full Full payment payment through us having faith in his blood, Mm -hmm. the shed blood on Calvary's cross for the remission of sins. That's what we're going to be celebrating this week. Amen. I mean, next week is the week that the Passion Week yes. where Jesus Christ went to that cross. He said, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he shed his blood so that he could pay for our sin. Yeah, It was needful for Christ to come. Amen. And it was needful for him to shed his blood to pay for our sins. Amen. You were just in Romans 3 and in Romans 5 verse 8 talks about how we being sinners, right? Correct. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for Amen. us. Amen. And much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved mm-hmm. from wrath through him. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and justification, re- a great thing. 
Amen. God is a it's, just judge. You can said, by my son's blood, mm-hmm. I can take a sinner and cleanse him and adopt him into my family. And Amen. they're justified, just if I'd never sinned. <laughs> justified. <laughs> That's God's plan. Mm-hmm. And God would have all men to be saved to yes. come unto mm-hmm. the knowledge of the truth. And in the end of this chapter of Genesis 40, we see that the one who squeezed those grapes, yes. who, let's say, spiritually applied the blood, right? He's the one who is restored in the end of the story. Yes. Right? Amen. And he was restored uh, unto his butlership again. That's great. Yeah. And the other one who did not do that, mm-hmm. the baker, he got hanged and uh, he didn't survive. And, and yeah. so people have all different ways that they think that they're going to be right with God, whether it may be uh, sacraments or church membership yeah. or baptism yeah. or whatever it may be about good deeds, good works, good charity. But the Bible says it's only by the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. The yeah. more you read, the more you see it. A baker puts his own ingredients in, mm-hmm. makes things up, mm-hmm. uh, bakes the loaf a certain way. Uh, and now that, of course, that's physical, something that one would eat physically. But uh, a religious system puts some ingredients in, maybe a baptism here, maybe a confirmation there, uh, puts it together their own way. There were uh, different baskets here. And when we look around the world, there's different religions. People have baked together their own religion. Right. But um, God isn't about religion. Uh, religion separates from God. Mm-hmm. Well, because of you know my upbringing, when, yeah. when I was born and raised and going to church as a, as a young person, I got to I got to consider what it says right in the beginning of the book of Corinthians. Okay. Because, you know, there's so many people that rely on, well, I'm just trusting in, you know, I was baptized when I was a baby. And right in the very beginning of the book of Corinthians in the Bible, the Bible says, this is the apostle Paul, he says verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 1, I thank God that I baptized none of you, Amen. but Crispus and Gaius. And mm-hmm. then, you know, a couple verses later, he says Verse 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. It's by the foolishness of preaching as the chapter goes on. So if baptism was what saves someone and takes them to heaven, then why did Jesus have to come and shed his blood sure. on the cross yeah. and die for any our sins? Any of your works, any of the works. Yeah, yes. I'm a good person. Well, if you're good enough, why did Jesus have to die? Right. You know, if you can be good in everything you do every day, all day long and continue to do good works... Why would he have to die then? And yet the gospel is so good. He mm-hmm. did all the work. He did it all. Yep. Amen. He did all he the did work. He did it all. Yep. Interesting. Thank you, Jesus. Interesting portraits there. And again, uh, this coming week is the Passion Week. And we were talking about, you know, opening our Bible and reading it. And today we're reading in the book of Genesis. But a good thing to do is I say open to the gospel of John. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Chapter 12, particularly today. Today is a Palm Sunday. And, uh, and in John chapter 12, we read about uh, Palm Sunday and uh, Jesus entering Jerusalem for the final seven-day period. And then if you just keep reading there, by the time you get to the 13th chapter, there's a Jesus and his men in the upper room having the Last Supper with them. And you can read what Jesus showed and taught his men in chapter 13 of John 14. 15, 16, and then you can see Jesus praying in chapter 17, and then in chapters 18 and 19, you can see how Judas betrays Jesus, and Jesus is scourged and crowned with the thorns and beaten and then crucified on the cross, and then you can read uh, the victory in the 20th chapter. Uh, Next week will be 
uh, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, how the only man that ever conquered sin and Satan and death and came out alive forevermore is the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection is the key Mm -hmm. to Christianity. Without that resurrection, we're without hope, Paul said. Amen. But Christ is raised from the Mm -hmm. dead. Thank God. And alive forevermore. It's a good week, yeah. Amen. He lives. He lives. Amen. He lives. He lives. And as you're going through those chapters quick, I can't help but notice John 15. He says, I am the true vine. Yeah. And in that story Amen. with yes. Joseph, right? It was the the butler and he uh, he saw the vine, yeah. right? The three vines, I guess it was. And uh, that's what, how he got the grapes. So mm-hmm. in, in my Bible, you got the, we got the butler in Genesis 40 yeah. and we got the baker mm-hmm. and I got written down. The butler did it. Did what? <laughs> he got saved. Amen. He got saved. Amen. And the butler, the did, butler it. did it. He got Amen. saved. Amen. And so we had a good show this week on the What is Truth radio show. Yeah. And we're looking at the highlights in the book of Genesis. We're looking at the highlight of, a, of an Old Testament character that gives great portraits of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is his week, the week that was. From God's standpoint, this is the greatest week in the history of mankind Mm -hmm. when Jesus Christ not just taught anymore, not just did miracles, but went to that cross and he laid down his life so that you, listener, and I could have eternal life through that sacrifice on Calvary's cross. And what he wants, he says, come unto me and come to the foot of that cross spiritually. And I did it once uh, in my kitchen in 1993. I got down on my knees as if I was at the foot of the cross. Amen. And I asked the Lord to be my Savior. And I was born again. And I am born again. Amen. And the Lord is with me forever. And he'll be with you too. Mm-hmm. And we'll be with you again next week right here at 7 o'clock on the What is Truth radio show. We'll have a special special Resurrection Sunday show for you. And until we meet you next week, go to the website Grace and Truth Church. Spell it out, long word. Put the word church in there, graceandtruthchurch.org. Hit the sermons tab, hit the YouTube tab, and just uh, enjoy the free teachings. And do like Jesus said, search the scriptures, and you'll know what is truth. You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK. 